Welcome to the Journey Beyond Divorce podcast, where we invite you into a journey of healing and personal transformation that will radically change your divorce experience, heal your heart while refining your character, and set you up to be effective and feel empowered as you navigate the practical and emotional challenges of divorce. I'm your host, Karen McMahon, founder of Journey Beyond Divorce. My divorce brought me to my knees, and it also transformed me and set me on this path to help you. Our team of JBD coaches support men and women to engage in divorce with more calm, clarity, and confidence through our one-on-one coaching, group programs, online courses, and free resources. One of the things that makes all of this very difficult is when we have a practice of looking outside. And so if you haven't really slowed things down a lot and paid attention to your thoughts, this is going to be like a whole new land for you. And that's where uh, the practice of meditation comes in. And when I say meditation, really what I'm talking about is sitting quietly and watching your mind. And when you start, you probably could handle three minutes and it might feel like 30 minutes, but and put a timer on. And a lot of times when I first started, I would listen to guided meditation. Welcome to JBD Team Talks with your host, Karen McMahon. During Team Talks, you get a chance to meet our JBD coaches as we discuss challenges and difficulties that are common to everyone facing divorce and provide you with tips and strategies to help you master the art of managing your thoughts, calming your emotions, and intentionally choosing your responses. And now for today's topic. Welcome back to another episode of JBD Team Talks. This is Karen doing yet another solo. I'm actually piggybacking on our last Team Talks, which was noticing and letting go. Today is what exactly am I letting go of and how am I supposed to do that? So that's the title of today's team talk. What am I letting go of and how am I supposed to do that? And this is a question that comes up so often in my coaching sessions and those of the other JBD coaches. And so one of the things that we talk so much of is how uh, as painful as the process of divorce is and as difficult as your soon-to-be ex might be or your entire circumstance might be, The suffering that we experience comes from what happens between our ears. The pain is understandable. It's frustrating. There's uncertainty, there's fear. The suffering is what happens when we can't let go, when our mind and what happens in our mind really takes control of us as if the tail is wagging the dog versus us having agency over our thoughts. And so 
You may be, uh, and I'm going to share a number of examples through this episode. You may be uh, creating stories about why, why he or she does what they do. Uh, and, and that that's what we call fiction. So the fact is somebody has a behavior that you might find displeasing and, and that might be painful, right? There may be pain attached to that. When we create a why that puts us in the victim position, they're doing this to screw me, to take advantage of me, this kind of a thing, our pain goes to suffering. And so when I talk about letting go, it's letting go of the story in my mind. It may be uh, limiting beliefs that I have. It may be judgments that I have. It may be unforgiveness that I'm holding on to. Many people hold on to unforgiveness thinking it protects them when it actually hurts them. Uh, it may be that I am looking at the way a circumstance unfolds and I disagree with it. And I ruminate, and that's a key word, I ruminate about how the court shouldn't be so slow, how the judge should be able to make a decision, how my attorney should be able to do something. And it should go the way I think it should go or how people show up. My ex um, should behave the way I think he or she should behave or my in-laws or my children or fill in the blank. And so what we do, and this is fascinating, fascinating work. Um, Michael Singer is the author of The Untethered Soul. I've recommended it to hundreds of people. He has an entire book that talks about this. I highly recommend the audio book. Uh, if you can listen and grasp because it's actually very humorous too. And he talks about what happens between our ears and how we create this entire world of, as if we're sitting on the throne of the universe, the creator and life and people should um, behave as we deem correct. And so when we're suffering, when we're really twisted and struggling, we're often in our heads and we're on this hamster wheel of our story, of our perspective, of our ruminating. And as we stay there, of course, what happens is we're getting more and more triggered, that fight, flight, or freeze reaction. We, we're dealing with a cortisol overflow. We're dysregulated. And then if you haven't done a lot of work, as I hadn't when I started, we also can show up as quite the hot mess. We can be angry, yelling, arguing, blaming, accusing, frothing at the mouth, whatever that looks like. And so what exactly am I letting go of and how do I do it is what I want to talk about. Last episode, we talked a lot about noticing, noticing being the first step. So I'm going to mention that, but not dive deep into it. And so for many of us starting to do this work, we don't even realize how much our mind is uh, is running a gamut on us. Our mind is, is created something and it's often running. And, and so we're feeling, we're suffering, we're feeling deeply angry, depressed, anxious, um, frustrated, reactive. And all of this is happening because of what's happening between our ears. 
And so the first thing is to slow it down, right? So when we get triggered, and many of you have heard me say this phrase, every upset is a setup for personal growth. So when we get triggered, the the practice is to first notice. Um, So you may get triggered right now and then just go right into reaction, blame, accuse, berate, demand, belittle, whatever that looks like. And so the first step is really to begin to notice when you get triggered, just that, just like, okay, when do you know what happens when you get triggered? For me, a lot of my frustration is in my jaw and in my neck. Some people, it's very much in their stomach. So start paying attention to you as everything we talk about, just keep looking back at you. When you can notice quickly that you're triggered, then if you slow it down enough, you begin to notice, well, why am I triggered? The first answer is because he or she did something. But when we go beneath the covers of that, we start saying, well, what was my interpretation of what they did and why they did it. Now I'm starting to get to the story in my head. And when I can do that, oh, so I'm seeing my soon-to-be ex as being uh, disrespectful, being entitled, being manipulative, whatever, whatever the situation is. And because that's my interpretation of it, that he or she is trying to get over on me in one way or another, I'm an immediately going to have an emotional reaction to that. So events and thoughts are hardwired into emotions and then emotions are hardwired into our actions, which are often reactions, which is what we want to help you step away from. And so the first thing to chuckle at is that we actually believe that people should behave the way we think they should behave. I recently have had my own family turmoil and have noticed that family members uh, engage and behave very differently than me. And my initial reaction was to be uh, hurt and angry and judgmental that they were wrong and I'm right. But what if none of us are wrong or right? What if all of us are just operating based on our uh, our family of origin, our belief systems, our um, our gifts and limitations, and it's not a right or wrong or a good or bad. And that brings me to another thing that you're letting go of. We're always looking to let go of judgment. When we see people in the world as right, wrong, good, bad, black, white, we really don't honor all the nuance and the gray that exists in everything. And when we when we slow things down and we take the time to have a conversation and understand where the other person is coming from, often, even if we still disagree with their behavior, um, it, it actually makes more sense to us. And so take a look at your judgment. What do I judge? How rigid am I about allowing every individual to show up the way they show up? Then I get to make my choices and set my boundaries, but with them having full uh, right and agency to show up as they choose and for circumstances to unfold as they do. And so when, if you think of it as scales, as your judgment goes down, 
your peace goes up. As your judgment goes up, your peace goes down because you're back in your head, you're assessing, you're analyzing, you're ruminating, you're judging, and that is causing an emotion. And that emotion is generally depleting you, not enlivening and enhancing you. And so at the center of all of this, which is really interesting, and I've been doing some of my own personal work, and I realize how strong my ego is. And so there's my heart and my spirit for people. But then if I get offended, if I get insulted, if I feel like I've been wronged, oh my goodness, my ego is so big and how dare you? And I go right into judgment, right into unforgiveness, right into ruminating. And so that's another thing to look at. And, you know, again, in divorce, there's just so many opportunities and and it could be divorce is just a season of a hot mess. Or it could be that this divorce is a fertile ground for us to see where where we're triggered, what our beliefs are and our judgment and our insecurities and our unforgiveness and what we can refine during this difficult time. And, and that's really uh what we're looking for. And so the first thing is, what am I letting go of? We're letting go of beliefs. I was just speaking to a former client the other day who shared that as she became aware of her beliefs, perhaps some of them were cultural and religious, like she was so struggling with the fact that her family was heading toward divorce and it was completely upending her. And the belief of what was right and wrong, that she was bad, that she failed. Um, And then her spouse, of course, he was bad because of the decisions he made and he was wrong and he destroyed it. And and then what about what everyone's going to think? Because I'm a little bit of a people pleaser or a perfectionist. And so I look like I failed. And if you can imagine all of these different layers of belief systems are are pressurized and you're in this in this pressure cooker of ruminating, which is going to cause what? It's going to cause depression, anxiety, anger, resentment, bitterness. We're letting go of all that. Letting go is about getting clear, noticing what are all these things? What are all of my things? My beliefs, my limiting beliefs, they're the beliefs that serve me well, that I want to hold on to. And then there are the ones that don't. They're not mine. They come from, came from my, my parents or, or, or my religious background or my culture or something in my upbringing. And I have them and I'm, I'm operating my life based on them, but they're not really mine. When we slow it down, we get to say, yeah, I don't believe that I'm going to let go of that or I'm going to shift it a little bit. And so so letting go is letting go of all of those things that that the thoughts in our head, the stories in our head that can be fall into these categories of of insecurities and judgments and forgiveness and unforgiveness and what have you. Uh for this client I was talking about, she was literally imprisoned by all of these beliefs. And as she navigated her divorce and was coaching and just kept, we just kept looking at how true is that? What else is true? What else makes sense to you? How does that make you feel? What would make you feel better? Not, not, not placating, but simply trusting, as I said in the last episode, that there are so many different perspectives. And if the one we're holding on to with white knuckles is a perspective that's that's 
pulling us down. We need to find one that is going to be more enlivening, enhancing so that we can be the best version of ourselves. And so with this one client, it was belief systems. Another client I spoke to this week, it was more about um, judgments and lovely, lovely individual. And at the core of a lot was why can't people show up the way I do? Why can't they be as kind, as generous, as heart-centered? Uh, and, and so the fact that she's got people in her life who aren't showing up the way she does has her in a twist, has her angry and frustrated. And, you know, there are so many, I'll just take a moment to kind of talk about this piece of we show up differently. There are billions of people in the world. And if you've taken the DISC assessment, you've got your, um, your, your dominant, your, I think it's inspiring, your, your uh, secure and your cautious. And so, so you have different personalities. I'm learning right now about the Enneagram. Uh, there's actually nine different types, the way we engage, what, what the values that we have, the things that we're afraid of, the things that drive us, there's actually nine different types. And so what we find ourselves doing, all of us, is judging other people when in fact their, their personality type is different or the way of operating in the world is different or their value system is different. And that doesn't make them bad or wrong. It makes them different. Once we can accept, and, and that's the key. So, so how do we let go? We let go by accepting that my way of seeing the world and being in the world is not the only way or the right way. It's just my way. And when I accept, and this is something I've had to do recently, when I accept that somebody else shows up in a way that doesn't work for me, uh, I then get to make choices, not until I accept. If I'm just in this resistance of why are you that way and you shouldn't be that way, I have no choices. But once I say you're that way and that way doesn't work for me, then we're empowered. Then we're actually, you could feel the energy go up. Oh, that doesn't work for me. And so I get to choose that I'm not going to see you as often. I'm not going to speak to you as often. I might not see you or speak to you at all. I may, um, I may unfriend you. I may divorce you. I may limit my time with you. If you're family members and you're going to be in my life, I can still boundary um, what that looks like. Now I have agency. Now I'm making decisions. Now I'm empowered and my energy is shifting. And so when we notice what it is that we're holding on to that doesn't serve us, we begin to let go. We let go by noticing, we let go by accepting, and then that shift. And I think that that's the piece I felt needed a little bit more attention. Like, how do we do this shift thing? Are you emotionally overwhelmed, heartbroken, bitter, paralyzed by fear? In order to effectively navigate the significant decisions before you and skillfully master your life after divorce, you must attend to your emotional recovery. 
Our 12-step divorce recovery program is an emotional roadmap that guides you to feel clearer, stronger, and more in charge of yourself. Thousands have emerged transformed by the lessons, strategies, and tools our roadmap provides. Divorce will change your life. Enroll in the 12-step divorce recovery program today and ensure that the changes will be life-enhancing. Go to divorcerecoveryprogram.com to enroll. client who went through divorce and had limiting beliefs, it was a one day at a time thing that when she noticed a belief and she was able to examine that belief and say, yeah, yeah, this isn't, uh, it doesn't mean that I failed. It doesn't mean that I'm a bad person because I'm getting a divorce. It doesn't mean that my spouse is a terrible co-parent because he did something in his relationship with me. And so as she was able to explore each belief and decide this one doesn't fit, what's a belief that I would replace it with? And then you come up with a statement because your belief systems, your judgments are like mantras. You say them over and over and over. And so what you want to do is you want to replace the thoughts in your head with something that's equally as true, but serves you more. And so, uh, and so when it comes to judgment, instead of something being right or wrong, like, like in my case, uh, this individual is behaving in this way. OK, that's good to know. That's very much outside of my value in that situation. What do I want to do with it? And so instead of ruminating, I can't believe she did that. And this is so terrible. And she did it to me and and I'm hurt. And how could she and why wouldn't she do it differently? And this whole thing that we all go into, um, the shift is uh, she did it and she'll probably do it again because that's how she behaves. What do I want to do about it? How do I want to create boundaries or just my way of being? And if you're in divorce and and it's about this ongoing process of the court or the negotiation with your spouse, you want to look at the statements that you have. Uh, he's getting away with everything and he's winning. And he just always gets away with everything and wins. And, and here I am screwed. Well, I would think most of us would say that's a, that's, that's a statement that feels really badly. That's going to pull me down emotionally. And when you start poking at it, well, what is he quote unquote getting away with getting away by whom, uh, why does it matter? Uh, what's going on with him, what's going on with you. And so we come at it from all of these different angles to kind of poke, 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 and then see where we land. Now, I don't have an answer for you for where you're going to land. That's going to be very unique to each of us. But what I do want to do is give you a practice. And so the practice today that I want to suggest is that Number one, you're going to notice, right? You're going to notice that first, your, your first notice is that you're upset. 
Your second notice is why am I upset? And your ego is going to go because he or she did X, Y, and Z. And you're going to say, no, no, let me go inside. Why am I upset? What's my story about what they did and why they did it and how they're going to do it in the future? Or what's my story? And so you notice your emotional reaction, you notice what your story is, your judgment, your insecurity, your unforgiveness, whatever that looks like. And then you begin to poke at it. How true is it? What else is true? Um, What do I need? What do I need to navigate this situation differently? That's a great question to ask yourself. When we can say, I accept, I accept that this situation is what it is. I accept that this person has a different set of values than me. They have a different way of being than me. They have a different way of parenting than me. I accept that. We have to get to acceptance in order to access all of the choices and possibilities. When I don't accept, I'm not trying to solve, I'm trying to fix him or her. When I do accept, now I'm inside again. Now I'm trying to solve a situation. What can I do so that I will feel better or so that I can take care of my kids better, whatever the case may be. So you notice your emotional reaction. You notice the story, the story that's causing your emotional reaction which is the interpretation of whatever the person or circumstances unfolding. And then you take a look at your resistance and you, you, you work at getting into acceptance, whether or not you accept something, it still is. And so acceptance is just kind of like uh, driving the car and like slamming on the gas and the brake at the same time. You're trying to go someplace, you're creating a lot of fumes and smoke and frustration and uh, and friction, but you're not actually going anyplace. As soon as you take your foot off of both and you're in acceptance, now you can glide into what the next, the next step in the process is. And that step is what are my other choices? How else can I look at this? How do I want to deal with this? What do I need so that I can be at peace? Okay. So that's where you want to go. Now, having said all of that, one of the things that makes all of this very difficult is when we have a practice of looking outside. And so if you haven't really slowed things down a lot and paid attention to your thoughts, this is going to be like a whole new land for you. And that's where uh, the practice of meditation comes in. And when I say meditation, really what I'm talking about is sitting quietly and watching your mind. And when you start, you probably could handle three minutes and it might feel like 30 minutes, but, and put a timer on. And a lot of times when I first started, I would listen to guided meditation. There's a an app online called uh, on my iPhone called Calm, uh, which is very highly recommended. Uh, you can go to YouTube and Google beginner meditations, and you can be listening to n- nature sounds. You can be listening to guided meditations, and you may prefer to not listen to anything and to just sit quietly. And what we're really meant to do 
during this practice is to pay attention to our thoughts. And so you'll sit there and I like to start with, I breathe in, I breathe out, I breathe in, I breathe out. And before I know it, I'm no longer saying that my monkey mind has jumped on the back of some wild stallion thought and is off running. And as soon as I notice that I'm no longer focusing on my breath, but I've not only run off with the thought, but I'm emotionally plugged into the thought. Now I'm having an emotional reaction. All I need to do in meditation is to let the wild stallion thought go running off and bring myself back to my center and just start again. I breathe in, I breathe out, I breathe in, I breathe out. Within seconds, another thought is going to capture my attention and I'm going to be off to the races again. A lot of clients in the beginning say this, this is ridiculous. This is, and your ego will say that too. As you're sitting there, your ego will go, you know, your nose is itchy. You know, you have a lot to do today. Um, this is kind of ridiculous. You're so busy. Why are you sitting here? This, this is, this doesn't mean it. This is not good for anything. This is silly. That's going to be your ego mind because your ego mind does not want you to gain control. Right now, your ego mind is running the show. And so you can just kind of chuckle at it and say, well, thank you very much. You be quiet. And I'm going to breathe in and breathe out, breathe in and breathe out. And I guarantee you, if you do this on a consistent basis, like practically daily, and if you could do it twice a day, even better, you will start noticing sooner. You'll start catching yourself. This is not about shutting down thoughts. This is not about fixing your mind. This is about becoming becoming the witness of the thoughts is really what it is. And so we're so attached to our thoughts that we get emotionally plugged in and we suffer. When we can just start noticing them, then we can, in a moment, we'll notice it, we'll see that our emotions are starting to shift and we'll go, yeah, I, I don't want to play that game. I'm not, I'm not entertaining that thought. Or we'll just go, gosh, that... I, I, I def, if I could think about this situation in this other way, that would be so much better for me. And then boom, you're in that new perspective. Now, when you do that, right, and you actually catch a thought and you challenge it and you shift it, keep in mind, it may very well shift back to the old habit thought, the negative bias thought. And so when we shift thoughts, so from he's going to screw me and I'm going to be, uh, I'm, I'm going to be penniless to, um, I have a good attorney and I know the law and I should be okay. Uh, and then the next time a financial issue comes up and you get scared, he's going to screw me and I'm going to be penniless. And then you go back to that. Well, actually, that's not true. I have a really good attorney. The law is on my side. I just need to have faith and see this through. You will pivot back and forth between the old thought that causes suffering and the new thought that in, begins to build encouragement and empowerment, you'll shift back and forth many, many times in an hour or a day. So, you know, journey beyond divorce is called journey beyond divorce because everything's a journey. This work, this 
minding our thoughts and gaining agency over what's happening between our ears is a lifelong journey. Uh, divorce is a journey. Finding your way to forgiveness and compassion is a journey. Finding your way to acceptance is a lifelong journey on the many different levels that we accept. And so if you're wanting deeply to let go, in summary, you're letting go of thoughts. Thoughts can be beliefs. They can be judgment. They can be unforgiveness. They can be insecurity. They're the stories in our head that are running a racket and causing us to suffer. And so letting go, the practice of letting go is noticing I'm upset, going to the thought, noticing the thought, poking and challenging and shifting the thought, uh, stepping into acceptance of who people are, how they show up, how circumstances unfold, and, and then standing in this new belief for as long as it stays sticky, which in the beginning is only a few minutes, and then rinsing and repeating and repeating and repeating and repeating. And people who do this on a regular basis um, are a witness to their thoughts. And so instead of being run ragged by your thoughts or having, you know, the tail wag the dog, uh, you will find yourself much more centered and calm and clear. And then when you are triggered, bam, in a hot second, you're going to go through this process quickly, quietly, and shift to something that serves you better, that allows you to have um, a higher emotional response to it. I would love to hear questions about this. Please post on the Facebook page, uh, email me at Karen at journeybeyonddivorce.com. If you want a rapid relief call, please go to the website, journeybeyonddivorce.com and sign up for a rapid relief call. We all work on this stuff. This is brilliant. It will not only help you navigate your divorce and, and end with a better settlement, it will help you navigate the rest of your life, the raising of your children, your next relationship, your parents getting old, illness, uh, crisis, everything is going to be a little bit easier to handle when you have agency over your mind and your thoughts and your reactions. So I hope that you find value in today's episode and I will see you again real soon on the next episode of JBD Team Talks. Until then, bye-bye. Thanks for joining us on the Journey Beyond Divorce podcast. I hope you found guidance and encouragement to help you along your journey. If you like my podcast, please take a minute to subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. You can also visit us at jbddivorcesupport.com, where our team of coaches support both men and women through our one-on-one -on -one coaching group programs, online courses, and free resources. Stay tuned for our next episode, and I'll talk to you soon.